Hey, this is Jacob Bergai, lead pastor at Field Church, and I'm so glad you're joining us today to hear this message. You know, I'm reminded that the Word of God says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And I just believe that as you hear God's Word, that your faith is going to grow in every area of your life. Thank you for joining us, and for more information about Field Church, check us out, thefuelchurch.com. Have a great day. Can you say that with me? We believe that family matters to God, therefore God should matter to family. I believe, as I said, that when we have families who put God first, we will have strong homes, strong marriages, strong kids, which equals strong churches. Someone say strong churches. Now, last week, uh, we looked at a message entitled, You Gotta Fight for Your Right. How many were here last week? How many got that message? If you didn't get that message, check it out online or on iTunes. But uh, we looked at the story of a man named Nehemiah and how when his, the homes and the city of his family were destroyed, that Nehemiah goes to God and gets a plan to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, rebuild the homes of his family. And he told him to do two things. He told him to work and fight. Someone say, work and fight. So we're going to move forward today and build upon that message, and the title of our talk today is simply this, how do we walk through difficult days as a family? How do we walk through difficult days as a family? The truth today is this, every family goes through difficult times. Every family faces a crisis, every family faces devastation, an illness, a death, a loss. Every family faces depression, setbacks, challenges. It's not if, but when. So how do we make it through the worst of times? How do we not only survive through these difficult times, but how do we thrive in the midst of them? How do we make sure that the difficulties do not destroy our families? Hmm? 2 Corinthians 4 verse 8 9 says this, For we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. Someone say, I'm not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. Someone say, no despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. Someone say, God will never leave. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Someone say, we're we're not going to be destroyed. So today, I want to look at a few keys that will help us walk out some difficult days that maybe you find yourself in today, or maybe you'll find yourself in this week or next month. But first, I need us all to understand some facts about the family life. Fact number one is this, difficult times happen to all families. No one is exempt. They are a fact of life. We will not avoid trouble in this life. Jesus said in John 16, 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace because in this world you will have trouble. But be of good cheer because I have over come the world. Jesus was saying you're going to have trouble, but he encourages us with these words. 
That trouble's going to come, but the troubles that, that is going to come to your life, I've already conquered it. I've already defeated it. So put your faith, put your trust in me, and you will get through difficult times. I heard someone say this, life is 10% about what happens to you and 90% on how you choose to deal with it. That was Lou Holtz. Here's the truth, friends. Every family, someone say every. Every family has its struggles, right? Every family. And, and, And I would dare to say this, that your struggle is proof that you have not been defeated. Oh, I'm going to say that again because that was good. I'm going to say that again because that was good. Your struggle is proof that you have not been defeated. Because if you weren't struggling, you would already be defeated by the enemy. But you're still standing. And today I want to encourage your faith how to make it through difficult times. The fact, fact number two is this. Difficult times won't last forever. Friends, difficult times will come and go. They'll come and go. 2 Corinthians 4.17 says this, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that, that far outweighs them all. You're going to outlast this. You're going to get through this. I want you to say that with me. I'm going to get through this going to get through this. Sometimes you just got to remind yourself that I'm going to get through this. Sometimes you got to remind yourself that if God brought me through that, he'll bring me through this. Hmm? Sometimes you got to remember, I know what Paul said, don't look back on the past, forgetting those things, but I believe you need to remember some breakthroughs. I believe you need to remember some times where God saw your family through, where God gave you a breakthrough in your marriage and in your finances, and you need to realize that you have a history of victory, that you are not defeated. You are still standing. Hmm? The Bible says in Psalms 30 that weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Joy is going to come. Joy is going to come. And the reality is tough times don't last, but tough people do. Hit your neighbor and say, you're tougher than you look. You're tougher than you look. Come on. You're tougher than you look. Fact number three is this. Difficult times can be good for a family. Hear me. Hear me, church. I know it's uncomfortable, right, to go through difficult days. But difficult times can be good for a family. It it can unite a family that was once divided. It can unite faith that was once seated in doubt and unbelief. 1 Peter 1, 7 says this, These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. Faith is tested by hardships and disappointments and difficulties. The faith of your family gets stronger when you go through hard times and it ends up bringing glory to the name of Jesus. Think about those marriages you've seen, Brother Greg, that that came in shattered, that came in shattered and destroyed through, through financial decisions that were wrong, 
through adultery, through pornography. I mean, you've seen it all. I've talked to you. You've seen it all. And they come in just shattered, but then they begin to work on that marriage and put Christ at the center, and Christ begins to get the glory of that restored and healed marriage. God can and God will heal your family. Hmm? Some people go into the furnace of trouble and it burns them. Others go in and the experience builds them. Hmm? Romans 8, 28 says this, and we know that in all things God works for the good to those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. Notice it says, and we know that in all things God will work to the good. So the good and the bad, God works to the good. Amen? It doesn't say all things are good. Right? Does it say that? It doesn't say all things are good. It says we know in all things that God will. Someone say God will. God will. God will will turn it around. God will heal that marriage. God will heal heal that, that child of yours. God will. God will. I've learned this, that every storm is a school. Every trial is a teacher. Every experience is an education. Every difficulty is for your development. So what are the keys? What are the keys that we need to make it through difficult times? We've seen so far the facts are every family goes through difficult times. We've seen that difficult times won't last forever, and then we've seen that difficult times can be good for a family. Before I give you those two keys that I want to focus on today, I want you to realize this, that you are engaged in a spiritual war. I want you to hear that again. You are engaged in a spiritual war. Spiritual warfare is that conflict being waged in the visible or the spirit realm that is being manifested in the visible physical realm. I'm going to say that again. Spiritual warfare is that conflict being waged in the visible or the spiritual, or rather the invisible spiritual realm that is being manifested in the visible physical realm. Did you hear that? Spiritual warfare. There is a battle to fight, and we don't fight this spiritual battle with the weapons of this world. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 and 4 says this, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. Someone say, not the weapons. We, we don't fight with, with machine guns and army tanks and 22s and nunchucks and slingshots, do we? No, 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 no. We engage this battle with prayer and by faith using God's word. You have an adversary and he's out to destroy the family unit. You see, your trouble is Satan's desperation to stop you. But I got good news. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So if the greater one is living in you, then the enemy can't stop you. Hit your neighbor and say, he can't stop you. He can't stop you. So you got to stay battle ready. When things go badly, it's not the end of the world. When things go well, it's not the end of the battle. you got to fight this battle. Ephesians 6, 10, and 12. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Whose power is it? Lord's power. The Lord's power. It's a spiritual battle. It's the Lord's power. 
Put on, but now here's our part. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and the, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Church, newsflash. The enemy doesn't mind that you bring your nice little family to church every week. He doesn't mind that you got the stick figures on the window of your minivan. He doesn't mind that you have the fuel sticker. That's great. I see him driving around town. I love it when I'm at a drive-thru and I see a fuel sticker. I love it. But the enemy's not really rattled by that. He doesn't really get worked up. He doesn't really send his demons. Hey, 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 they put a fuel sticker on their new Suburban. Go after them, demons. Oh, aren't they so cute? They added the stick figures and the little doggy. Huh? He, he, he really doesn't mind that you come to church each week. What he minds is when you stand up fathers, when you stand up single mothers, single fathers, when you stand up grandparents, and you take a spiritual stand against the attacks of the enemy, and you begin to fight for your family. You begin to confess God's word. You begin to stand on God's word. You begin to go with in, into prayer with your family. That's when the devil starts to get nervous and sweat. When you apply the word. See, a whole lot of people hear the word every week, but very few apply it. Faith without works is dead. So a lot of Christians all over the world right now are sitting in churches with dead faith because they're not working their faith. Faith without works is dead. Hit your name and say, work that thing. Come on. Work that thing. Put it to practice. Don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. So let's talk about, let's talk about these, these two keys to victory so that our family can make it through difficult times. The first key is called prayer. Someone say prayer. Prayer Prayer is the way we write the future. I'm going to say that again. Prayer is the way we write the future. If you don't like the harvest you're living in, start to sow different seeds of prayer for your future harvest. A lot of times we complain to God about the harvest we're living in, but it's due to the lack of seed that we sowed in our past. We want to blame God. We want to blame others. If your marriage is broke down, stop blaming God and stop blaming others and go get help. Huh? I can't get no help up in here. Everybody fell asleep. Begin to speak the words over your children. Begin to speak it. You know what? You know what the crazy thing is? The enemy is speaking words over your children every day. And parents are letting kids go by school day after day, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and aren't speaking one word from God's word. But the enemy's speaking, I'm going to snatch them. I'm going to get them through that electronic device. I'm going to get them through, through this TV show. I'm going to get them through reality TV. I'm going to get them through their image to make them think they're not beautiful. They're fat. They're ugly. They're this. And the enemy's speaking words while, the, while, while, while good Christian families just sit around and say, ha, 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 isn't God so good? 
Oh, I came here to stir you up today, in case you didn't know. That's my job and my responsibility. We ain't going to have a church that just sits here and hears a little pretty message. Yeah, isn't our pastor great? It's awesome. We're going to two services. Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. I came to stir you up. I came to get that. What's that called, Dad? What's that called with the, the fire? What's it called? The poker. I came to poke somebody. Now, it don't sound right, but my God. Your dirty mind somewhere in the gutter. Hit your nervous. They just laugh in church. This is too religious. You can't even laugh in church. We don't believe church should be endured or tolerated. So if you're about that church, you're not going to have fun here because we laugh a lot. And mostly at the preacher's bad jokes. Someone say prayer. Philippians 4, 6 says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation. Someone say every situation. Go to God in prayer with thanksgiving, presenting your quest to him. And when you do, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So when does the peace drop? When I go to God in prayer. When I take the situation that I'm dealing with in my family to prayer. My kid's acting crazy. He's beating kids at school. Come on now. He's stealing lunches. Come on, man. It happens. Stealing peanut butter and jelly sandwich because that kid's look better than his. So he took it. So now he's in the principles. What do I do? Go to God in prayer about your kids stealing PB&Js. Come on now. Everything. It says every situation. Go to God. Go to God. We have two options, friends, when difficult times happen, when tragedy comes. We have two options. We can either panic or we can pray. Which is it? Which is it? What are we going to do? Some of you are panicking too much. Hmm? Martin Luther said this, pray and let God worry. I don't think God's worrying, but you get the point. Hmm? Heard this quote, oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Hmm? Remember this, remember this. You will never be a perfect parent, but you can be a praying parent. If you're looking for perfection, you're not going to find it. You're not going to find it, friends. But you can be a praying parent. I heard this story and. There was this little boy, and he was getting ready to have his first sleepover. His dad wanted to make it special, so he put up a tent in the backyard, and father put up the tent. Here's this little boy. He's kindergarten, having his friends over. And they're in the tent, and dad set it all up. Dad stepped out of the tent and just kind of listened to the boys talk for a little bit. And uh, the first boy says this, hey, guys, you know what? My daddy knows the mayor. Next boy said, Well, my daddy knows the governor. And then he heard the voice of his boy say this. That's nothing. My daddy knows God. They said he does not. He said he does too. Said he does not. He said he does too. They said, how do you know that? He goes, I heard him talking to him just this morning. Fathers, fathers. I know ESPN is important. 
It is. I know, I know pizza is important. I know that couch is feeling real good. I get that. But do our kids hear us praying or just see us playing? What is it? Oh, I believe we should have fun. I'm all about fun. But do our kids hear us praying for the family? Do our kids hear us praying for their mother? Do our kids see us encouraging their mother when she's having a bad day? Are we exemplifying that in our homes? Hmm? Most of the time, we're just kind of like this. I guess now, I guess we just pray now. Everything's blown up and broke down. I guess we just pray now. Like, it must really be hopeless, right? (laughs) Um, Friends, prayer should not be your last resort. It should be your first option. And we're all guilty, right? We're all guilty. We're all guilty. When something crazy happens in our family, in our marriage, with our kids, and the first thing we do is, we want to fix it. How many fixer-uppers do I have in the family? Come on now. It drives you crazy because you can't fix it. Oh, we just came out of that series, Alter Ego, but we want to fix it. And I get that. But how about we take it to God first and let him fix it? Let him give us the wisdom so we can parent our kids the right way, so we can love our wives the right way. May God be your first resort in difficulty. The Bible says that he is an ever-present help in the time of need, that God is waiting. He is, Psalms 50. Verse 15 says, call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you and you will honor me. Notice that. God says, I get honored when you call upon me in the day of trouble. Oh, we're calling our auntie. We're calling our grandmama, right? We're calling our mom, our dad. We're calling all these people when trouble hits. And God said, hey, 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 call on me. I I got the answer for you. In the day of trouble, and when you do, you honor me. You honor me. Some people say, well, I just, just, I don't know, I have a hard time grabbing a hold of this, Jacob. Like, how is this God, you know, there's seven billion people or something on this planet, and I I just don't think he has time for me in my little world. I I don't want to bother him with my problems. And God says, bother me. It's no bother. Bother me. It's no bother. I can handle your and every other person's problem at the same time. Bring it to me. Stop trying to carry it all by yourself. Hmm? There's that scripture that says, cast your cares upon him. We walk around carrying a burden. Way too much. As fathers, as mothers, as parents... We're carrying these burdens, and God said, just, just, just throw them up to me. I, I'll take it. Throw, throw it up to me. I, I, I'll receive it, and I'll replace that burden with my peace and my presence so that you can get through this difficult time in your family. See, when we pray, we give God legal invitation to bring it, his will to pass. Did you hear that? We give God legal invitation to bring his will to pass. And his will is always accomplished through the obedience found in prayer. Don't give up. 
Don't get frustrated. Don't get disappointed. Don't lose hope. Praying is what we do in our time, and the answer happens in God's time. One prayer can change anything. Oh, but one prayer can change everything. Number two key that you need to make it through difficult times is you need some faith. Someone say faith. Prayer is our response, but faith is our position. I said prayer is our response when difficult times happen. The first thing we should do is go to God in prayer, but faith is our position. So we're going to respond in prayer, but we're going to stand by faith. Someone say by faith. Hebrews 11.1 says, now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, or the title deed of things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith is a spiritual force based on the eternal laws of God that can change things in the natural. Someone say it can change things. Faith is this. It's to have trust or assurance, confidence, conviction, belief. Reliance in what God says. Trust that produces action. Trust that produces action. Faith is a living force drawn from the living word to produce living results. Someone say, I got to have faith. Faith is the art of holding on to things in spite of your changing moods and circumstances. Your emotions will be the biggest liar in your life. Faith allows you to hold on to your family in spite of what your emotions and circumstances tell you. Faith, Max Licato said this, is the bird that sings while it is yet dark. Authentic faith does not deny the obstacles of life, but rather declares God is greater than the obstacles. We're not walking around saying, I'm fine, I'm not going through anything, and calling it faith. No, faith is not denying the obstacles. Faith is simply putting our focus, putting our attention on the God who has already conquered the obstacle that we're facing right now. It's kind of like what David did when he came up and this Goliath was mocking the God of Israel and all his brothers and all the army were scared. For 40 days and 40 nights, this giant, this nine foot some giant is declaring that he will destroy every person. He will destroy this army and just laughing at their God. And, And here they seen this giant for 40 days and 40 nights. He came out, he talked trash. They ran. He came out. He talked trash. They ran. He came out. He talked trash. They ran in fear. All of a sudden, David comes on the scene, and he, he's delivering ham, cheese, and caprisons and little mini Snickers to his, his brothers. You got to have the mini Snickers in the lunchbox, Rambo lunchbox. That's what I grew up on. You should know about Rambo lunchbox. You'll know about that. Some of you are too young for that. And, 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 and are you with me? Are you with me? Are you with me? I know I get distracted, I go on rabbit trails a lot, but work with me, amen? <laughs> and here comes David onto the scene, and, 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 and what they seen for 40 days and, and, and 40 nights was this big giant. David walks up, he sees the same thing, but, someone say but, he's seen the same thing, but there was one difference between David's perception and their perception. David seen the nine-foot giant, but He's seen that his God was bigger than the giant. You see, it's all in your perception. 
See, when you go through what you're going through, you can have a perception of looking at the giant that's trying to take you out. It may be a giant of depression. It may be a giant uh, of oppression. It may be a giant in your finances. It may be a giant of anger and lust and unbelief. And and it it may be unforgiveness. It may be a big giant. But all you got to look at is the size of your God. Because David said, he's big, but my God's bigger. So I'm going with my God. I'm not going with him. I'm going with my God. And it's the same God who delivered me from the lion and the bear when they came to attack me. He's the God that's going to deliver me to defeat this giant. So what David said is, I'm going to review. I'm going to rewind the TiVo. I'm going to go back to that time when God delivered me from the lion and the bear, when no one else was around me, when I had no weapons, and those lion and those bear tried to come and take out my sheep. God showed up and gave me the strength. And the same God, someone say the same God, the same God who did that back there is the same God who will get me through this difficult time. Come on, somebody. Someone say, he's the same God. If I had an organ right now, they'd be hitting it. Jesus on the main line. Tell him what you want. Listen to me, friends. Here's the truth about faith. You have to have it before you need it. You have to have it before you need it. Faith is formed and cultivated and forged before the battle even begins. You're here today and you're gaining faith for a future battle. You don't know it yet. God does. God does. You don't know it yet. But faith is fueling you up today. Every time you come to God's house, every time you open the word Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, every time you get in God's presence and you have that relationship with God, it's not a Sunday relationship, it's a 24-7, 365 relationship of us following Jesus, the perfect Savior. We're imperfect, he's perfect, we're going to follow his example. And then faith begins to grow and faith, the Bible says, comes by hearing. And the more you hear the word, the more your faith grows and the more the word gets in you and the more the word comes out of you, the bigger your faith gets. Uh, Faith is like a muscle. The more you use it, the bigger it gets. But if faith comes by hearing, then faith can go out by not hearing. And there's where a lot of us fall in our faith. Because we get stirred up on Sunday. But see, 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 see. My desire is for that stirring to not only stir you up on Sunday, but I, I need to get you a word that's going to be activated and used on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. Because this isn't just a Sunday faith. This is an everyday faith. And so, so, so you got to hear the word. You gotta, if you're going to build your faith so that your family can make it through difficult times, fathers, mothers, whoever the parental guide is, you're going to have to build your faith. And it only comes by hearing God's word. It only comes by being in God's presence. And, and, and what happens is so many people, they, 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 they don't get this. And, and this is the reason why so many Christians fall in the midst of common and minimal problems and trials that come into their life. They fall apart. 
You've met them. You've heard them. Tell why their face is so low and tell their trial they're going through. And sometimes you look at them and you say, in my head, I want to slap you. Because what you're going through is preschool compared to what me and my family are facing. That's college level. And the reason is their faith hasn't been built. You got to build your faith for the battle. Someone say, I got to build my faith for the battle. Is this okay today? Is this okay? Are you enjoying the Family Matters series? Because I'm, I'm being changed. It's helping me. It's helping me. It's helping me as a father. It's helping me as a husband. Amen. It's helping me. It's helping me. I'm almost done. Come on, worship team. Play something real spiritual real quick. So the preacher will shut up. I'm working on my time. I'm doing better because once we go to two services, you know. We cannot wait till devastation and despair are upon us to tap into faith. We need faith before the battle in order to get through the battle. There is no situation in your family right now that is too difficult for God to handle and to turn around. I'm going to say that again. There is no situation. There is no trial. There is no devastation in your family that it's too difficult for my God and your God to handle and to turn around. You say, say I, I, I don't know if I can get through this. Well, 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 that's the thing. You can't get through it because faith begins where man's power ends. It's not your power. It's not your strength. It's his strength. You just have to tap into it. God, I can't do it. This kid, I've tried everything. I can't do it. My marriage, I've tried it. The situation, this finance, I can't do it, God. I've, I've done everything in my power. I've taken steps in the natural. God, I can't. Faith begins where man's power ends. And the size of your faith and my faith has little to do with me, but much to do with the faith in our big God. He's a big God. He can handle it. He can handle it. My prayer today is this, that we as believers would stop putting a question mark in a period where God has put a comma. I'm going to say that again. My prayer for every family here today is we would stop putting a question mark in a period where God has put a comma. He's not done. Let him write the rest of the chapter. And don't judge your life on one bad chapter because the book's not been written yet. Don't judge your life on one wrong mistake because the book's not finished. The book's not finished. You may be in chapter 10, and chapter 10 was horrible for your life, for your family, for your marriage. Don't judge the rest of your life on the best of your life that's about to come. Use that chapter as a springboard into the next season God has for you. I feel the presence of God on that right now for somebody who you thought God was done with you and your family. You thought there was no hope and God said, stop. The book has not been written. It hasn't went to print yet. It hasn't went to print yet. 
God's still working. Stand with me. Hey, thanks for listening today. And maybe you're out there and maybe you feel far from God today. Maybe life has thrown you a curveball. You've taken some wrong turns. You've messed up. I'm here to tell you about God's love for your life. You know, it's real and it's for you. And, and no matter what you've done, no matter where you've gone, God is there. His love is unconditional. And, and the Bible says that if you just confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you're saved. And I'm going to lead you through a prayer. And I just believe that if you say this prayer and mean it with your heart, the Bible says you're saved. And I want to encourage you to tell somebody about this decision. But just wherever you're at, just say, God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Change me. Jesus name. It's simple as that. And uh, I encourage you to find a good local church. If, if you can get to fuel church, get here. God is moving. God is doing some great things in the lives and families of the people that come here, but find a good church where you can grow in God until next time. God bless you. Have a great week.